welcome back to the Field Cross Survival Podcast. I'm your host, George, and we are sponsored. I also have with me today is Dustin. Dustin, say hi to everybody. How you doing, George? I'm good. So our first uh, sponsor is Arturo Tires. I'm sure you probably heard of Arturo Tires by now. I have. They've been around for a few years at this point. Oh, yeah. So right now we're highlighting their Trailblade series, and today we are highlighting their Trailblade ATS. Uh, so it's part of their new brash, new Trailblade series, sports series. It's unlike any other terrain type of tire on the market with a sidewall pattern that is easily the most aggressive in the category. That's because the sidewalls on the Trailblade ATS are inspired by real knife blades from Quartermaster Knives of Texas. Featuring a double blade pattern surrounding a spear tip element that perfectly integrates into the shoulder tread design. Not only does the Trailblade ATS sidewall grab attention, it also provides superior impact protection from rocks, trees, or curbs, and offers a stylish new look for modified trucks and Jeeps that truly lets you go your own way. See the Trailblade ATS for yourself. And this is where we're going to give you the rebate here. So listen up, everybody. Write this down. Go grab a pen. Go grab a pencil. It's time to write stuff down. Now, now check it out. Aturo.com slash, slash Fieldcraft. You put that in there. You buy four Trailblade tires and you get a gift or a, uh, not gift certificate. Yeah, a gift certificate a to rebate. Bass Pro or Amazon for $75. So I'm going to spell it out. It's a T-T-U-R-O dot com slash fieldcraft. F-I-E-L-D-C-R-A-F-T. Aturo.com slash fieldcraft. You put that in your search engine, you buy four Trailblade tires, and you get a $75 gift card to either Bass Pro or Amazon. Next up, we have Killcliff. You can find them at killcliff.com. We have been using Killcliff now for probably a good over a good year now. Um, their drinks are kind of, I like to say they're the healthier, uh, energy drinks. They have a lot of B vitamins, electrolytes, uh, caffeine, things that get you going. You know, they have the ignite. It's kind of like the pre-workout drink. It has about 150 milligrams of clean caffeine, clean caffeine. We also have the recovery drinks. The recovery drinks have about 25 milligrams of caffeine in it. Same thing. It has the electrolytes, the B vitamins, everything like that to keep you uh, going on your workouts or anything like that. But, uh, they're the one true, the best drink they do have is the recovery CBD. Have you had one of those yet? I have. I, I love them. I, Dude, I they're delicious. We can't, we can't keep them around the office because no. of how good they are. Cause mo- mother M Fers, sorry, <laughs> excuse my language. want to take them and hoard them and drink them all and out sharing. My favorite one right now is goat. It's called the grapiest of all time. And it's, the great flavor CBD. You get 25 milligrams of CBD per can. Check them out. Killcliff.com. We have a coupon code for them. It's survival one zero. And they are also a great supporter of the Navy SEAL Foundation. We at Philcraft Survival are a majority of, of veterans and we support that Navy SEAL Foundation because it does a lot of good stuff for families and service members alike. Next up, we have Casey Highlights. You can find them at CaseyHighlights.com. Casey Highlights has been around for 50 years, so that kind of tells you a little something about the loyalty to the brand, the leadership there, the product there. It's a very good product, a very good light company that you can light up. Any, anything you can put a light on, they have it. You can put it on there. As long as you have power to it, a little switch, you can light up the night anywhere you want and put it on anything. I think we did a... Uh, 
What I think I have them on my Land Cruiser. I have them on my Tundra. We have them on a variety of vehicles at the shop. If you look at Mike's Dodge Ram, the big uh, monster truck, he has Casey highlights all over the place. So check them out. They have everything from light bars to side uh, little pod lights to rock crawling lights you put in your wheel well, uh, rear lights. I mean, they have it all. So check them out at kchighlights.com. We do have a coupon code for them. It is Fieldcraft, all one word, Fieldcraft, F-I-E-L-D-C-R-A-F-T. Dustin, tell me what you think of Casey Highlights. I think I love the classic look of them. The right? performance is unmatched. Um I can't wait to put the, they make a roof rack uh-huh. for like mid-sized trucks that I'm really excited to put on my, I have a ZR2. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, hey, we got a coupon code, Philcraft 10, or Philcraft, no, it's just Philcraft, it's just 10%. So uh, we have up next is Triarch Systems. If you haven't heard about TriarchSystems.com, you can find them at TriarchSystems.com, like I just said, I'm repeating myself. Uh, Triarch Systems have a wide variety of custom-made pistols, uh, rifles. You can get their Tri-11 handgun, their 9mm handgun. It is probably one of the smoothest, best-looking handguns you'll ever, you ever have. It's one of those guns that you buy once. Yeah, the, the, the quality, I think, is unmatched. I mean, it, we only, you only guys only partner with quality people. Oh, thank you, Dustin. I mean, that's, that's just what I see. Yeah, I mean, it, I have one of their rifles. I have a 14.5, and it's probably the most... The, it, it's solid. It doesn't rattle. It doesn't make noises when you're, you know, when you're, when you're manipulating it. And we have not, I think we've had, we have three or four Triarch rifles in, in the company. We use them at all the training events. Yeah. We use them for whatever we need to. I don't, not one of them has malfunction, not one time. And I purposely don't put a lot of maintenance into my, in the main, I don't like, I'm not boring it and cleaning it. I mean, I'll wipe it down and make sure there's no, you know, grit and grime, Yeah. but I'm not like, boring it out. I'm not cleaning the barrel. I, I use it for the purpose it is, and it's amazing piece of equipment. So check them out at triarcsystems.com. They also do modified Glocks as well. So if you have a Glock, you want to get it modified, or you can buy a whole modified Glock. Uh, they have it there on their website. So check them out at triarcsystems.com and use code FIELDCRAFT, all one word, FIELDCRAFT, F-I-E-L-D-C-R-A-F-T. Well, you know, I, I might try to get you a, a truck one of these days. You know what I'm saying, Dustin? Just so you can feel the, the craftsmanship it, that, that it has. Yeah. I mean, what I've seen, and I've seen you guys use them. They're yeah. incredible. Like, it's, yeah. it's one of the slickest, the slickest Oof. firearms out yeah, there. Yeah, man. And, you know, people, people don't like a 10, they want 10%, but 5% is a lot of money when it comes to firearms. Oh, yeah. Like, people got to understand that that's a, that's a hefty discount. Oh, yeah. So. That's a nice, it takes care of your taxes yes, or sir. whatever little things that may, may come about. But last but not least, we have Uncanna. You can find them at uncana.com. Uh, what Uncana is a veteran-owned CBD company. They provide you with full-spectrum CBD-only, safe, reliable products, all natural. They have the uh, they have the little drops. They have the salves. They have the lotions. They have gummies now that I've seen. So uh, we've been partnering with them for over a year now, and they've been providing us with uh, products as well. And I've been using them. My wife uses them. It's an alternative to the pills, everybody. It's all natural, anti-inflammatory. Do some research. Go to uncana.com. They have the education on their site to give you everything you need to make the, the right decision for your health. I mean, think about every, our day-to-day activities. We get home, our back hurts, our neck hurts, our shoulders hurt. You can put this stuff, you either ingest it or you put it on topical and it, 
it, it, it works. Trust me. It works. It may not work right away because it's brand new. Any, any medicine you take is not working right away, but I've been using it now probably for a year now off and on. And every time I use it, it, it works. I mean, I'm, I'm not, what, what else can you say? What else can I say? It, yeah. it works. Uh, it's a, it's a alternative to everything that's out there. But check them out at uncanna.com. We have a new coupon code for them is Fieldcraft25. It used to be 20, now it's 25. Oh. Yeah. Yes, what's up? So yeah, check them out at Fieldcraft or yeah, check them out at, uh, out at fieldcraft.com. No, don't do that. Head to uncanna.com, use code Fieldcraft25, and you know, try something new. That's all we have. Today's guest. Who do we have on today, Dustin? It was uh, Russ Bollinger. Russ Bollinger is the owner of Apex Performance Solutions. Um, We talked to him for about a good hour and a half, and Russ is a very interesting guy, very driven, very motivated, a very uh, selfless person. He likes to give back, and hopefully you guys get that uh, from this this podcast. And uh, that's all I have. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Phil Krause Revo Podcast. I'm your host today. George, and with me, I have the owner of Apex Performance Solutions, Russ Bullinger. Russ, welcome to the show. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Oh, yeah. How was your uh, travels out here? It was pretty good. Light layover. Utah is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. uh, I can definitely see why you guys are out here. Nice. So give us a little background of yourself. Uh, you know, who is Russ Bullinger? And then we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, grew up in Michigan and uh, joined the military right after the Twin Towers were hit. I was a junior in high school. Went to the recruiter, and he said I had to graduate junior year, and uh, after I did that, I could take off. So left two weeks after I graduated high school, um, took off to go you know, be an Army guy, infantryman, landed at the 101st, and two weeks after I reported um, at 18, I did my first deployment. And so uh, spent 15 years in the military, deployed seven times, medically retired with a back injury, and uh, had a unique career along the way. Nice. Uh, so what, it, so you did 15 years. What, uh, I obviously I know the army didn't let you stay at uh 101st for those years. Where else did you kind of, yeah, serve? no, um, after, uh, at the 101st at Fort Campbell, um, had a really great, great time there. Wonderful leaders. And at that stage of the war, I got there in 2003. And so my first deployment in 03, it was a unique, um, kind of our push or the efforts. And, and at that age, I didn't realize it, but you know, looking back then, it was unique to kind of grow up there. And so after that deployment, I got some exposure to some other units and organizations and what the, you know, the machine of the military did specifically. And, you know, initially when I signed up for the military, I wanted to go to Ranger Regiment. And so talked to the chain of command and uh, the plan was, hey, how can I go to Ranger Battalion? First, I, I wanted to go get my Ranger tab, not show up without one at that organization. Uh, all leaders have Ranger tabs. That's just part of it. And so, uh, first things first, I had to go to air assault school. After that, um, I begged, borrowed, and pleaded to go to ranger school, but I was a PFC. And so, that was difficult and uh, ended up getting an opportunity to go and uh, went as a PFC. I was 19. Nice. And uh, I passed. I went straight through. What was that like at 19 years old? I mean, PFC, you're showing up to like, you know, the ranger school, you know, it's that it's that mythological school that everyone talks about everyone. If you don't, you know, everybody wants that Ranger tab. If you, if you don't even have a Ranger tab, you have a Ranger tab on you somewhere. Yeah. That's yeah, a go tab. You know uh, what I yeah, mean? I think everybody did. Um, I, uh, I actually had a scroll in my PC. That was the motivation to get through Ranger school. Nice. But back then, yeah, every, anybody that was a, uh, you know, elite leader, especially in the light infantry, they had a tab. 
they um they were fit they were focused and you know they are what embodied the ranger creed and so naturally that's what i wanted to do uh what was unique is after i passed i realized what the expectation was so it was a good lesson learned with uh set big goals but look at the overhead or the expectation after you pass so i was a young dude at 19 with a ranger tab uh, with the cib airborne air assault wings walking around and I got yelled at more than, than <laughs> praised and they, they thought I got in trouble right. and got demoted. It wasn't, you know, a common thing. And so, uh, it was a challenge, uh, walking around and, and just being expected to perform. And I didn't have much time in the army. I had 12 months and one week in the army when I started. And, uh, you know, I, I, I went straight through, graduated in, uh, September of four. So I had a, just 15 months in. And there I am, uh, light infantryman with the Ranger tab. <laughs> Isn't it weird, like like getting yelled at for like it, they have no idea what your backstory is, no idea. But it is like the culture of the army is, what in the hell do you have on there, and why aren't you like a staff sergeant with that on there? Or it's like, it, first of all, why are you bothering me? Like in my head, I'm yeah. like, if when, whenever someone came at me like, why are you doing this? Right? It's like. For why are you bothering me? Like yeah, leave me alone. It's like a prejudgment or a confirmation yeah. biased prior to you actually getting the information, you know. And that that goes not to kind of get off topic, but you roll up onto a situation. Look at law enforcement guys. Oh yeah, they show up on the scene and they don't have situational awareness, and then they realize they're neck deep into a scenario. And if they would have just rolled into it, um, they may have effectively been able to escalate force to de-escalate. They just did so, sills before they, you know, that's, yeah, that's took all you knee, had to do. Yeah. It took a knee pull security. You know, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so you do the, so you, you, you're a young ranger. Oh, not a young ranger yet, but young yeah, ranger tab, had a tab 101st. No, yep, yep. You're getting, you know, what, what, it's like, why are you a PFC with that on there? Yeah. Well, the goal was I wanted to get to Ranger Regiment and yep. the, the drug deal we worked out was, um, you know, I go to Ranger school. If I passed, I had to produce three Rangers. So I basically, I had to train three, send them and, and they pass and the battalion commander would bless off me going to Ranger Regiment to be with the waiver. And so me going without a tab, in, in my opinion, would have been set me up for failure. So as, uh, you know, time went on, there was a battalion change of command. So that deal went out the window. Mm -hmm. Deployment was coming up. I was uh, at that time a senior scout observer in a scout platoon. And I just, I, to be honest, didn't want to do another deployment with that unit. I, I wanted to get in the special operations community. I had a plan to, you know, go do direct action raids and if possible, go, you know, work with, you know, the big boys. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went to selection for SF and that was April, May 05, uh, got selected and reported to the Q course, uh, October 05, I was 20. And so, uh, I was a little immature. I spent a year there at the Q course. Um, and they said, come back in a year after I, I failed the light weapons test. And, uh, in my mind, I was like, well, if I don't get upset and kind of flip out over failing or, you know, that I'd be keeping my cool. Mm -hmm. And they looked at it as, I had a little growing up to do, which, you know, honestly, it was probably the best thing for me, uh, built some character. So I went to needs of the army and, uh, you know, I had no say so in where I was going. I, I reported to Fort Stewart, Georgia, third mm. ID. Hey, shout out to Fort Stewart, Georgia, but that's not a lot of people don't want to go down there. No. And you know, I'm not gonna, you know, talk bad to my brothers. I learned a lot there. I think I had probably the most lessons learned right. from being in that that unit um but 
the uh, that was the next unit deploying. And so me being in a non-deploying unit as a student in the Q course, you know, I spent 12 months there yeah. and learned a great deal. But now, you know, we need bodies to deploy. And then after I get there, it was three months in, General Petraeus, like 12 months deployments are going now to 15. Mm-hmm. So did a 15-month deployment. We were in southeast Baghdad. And um, it was a unique experience. It definitely motivated me to go to the special operations community. So while I was over there, I re-enlisted to go to 3rd Ranger Battalion. Um, I denied a promotion to E5 because I didn't want to show up an E5 with Ranger Tab because the expectation, again, would be to perform. I, I learned that lesson as an E3 with the Tab, so I wasn't going to show up. I wanted a true on dirt and earn it the old-fashioned way, I guess you could say. Yeah. So um, I had five and a half years in. I was an E4. I had two deployments. I uh, went to Sears School and all these other cool guy schools while I was, while I was there and showed up. And it was a Tab Spec 4 to uh, Bravo Company, 3rd Ranger Battalion. And uh, shortly after I reported, we deployed. Um, that was deployment number three in northern Afghanistan. And that was around the time frame, um, you know, the famous Bergdahl went missing. So mm-hmm. we did a lot of uh, go find. And yeah. uh, that was that was an interesting time period, being a new guy to that community. Yeah. Let me ask this. Sure. When you showed up to regiment, okay, you said E4, tab D4. You've yeah. had a lot of schools. You've had that experience of the Q course. Mm-hmm. Because I've worked, the, I, I did the three-year little thing. I was a, I was a support guy, a psyop guy. Oh, yeah. You know, just trying to break into that culture, even like to knock on the door. That was the most challenging thing I ever did. But you're assigned to that unit. But how was that culture at that time? How were you, how were you welcomed? How were you greeted? Like, what was the process? Because I know it's a very, and I love the call. I love that culture. I love how it's tight knit and it's. Oh yeah. It's like we're not fucking around because we're not letting any guy, gal, whatever it is now nowadays into this unit. Like, so what was your experience when you first showed up? Yeah, it was unique. Um, so when I went through RIP, which at the time it was RIP Ranger Indoctrination Program, um, I was the only one in the class at the Ranger tab. Um, I knew I had to show up fit. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to show up and be aware. Um, I had to have situational awareness and. Anything I did prior to that in my mind, I knew it didn't matter. Uh, it just, it didn't matter. It wasn't Ranger Regiment experience. If there's something to do, I did it. I, I tried to be fit. I tried to learn how to shoot. Um, made some mistakes along the way. And uh, I just, I worked hard. I was aggressive. Um, I grew up wrestling in uh, school and in high school. I lettered in uh, all four years and I actually lettered in four sports. Uh, so I was an athlete and uh, I'm competitive. And so, I liked the challenge, the integration challenge. And so when I'd kind of get called out, you know, we, we would work combatives. Mm-hmm. I did well. And, uh, when I would had the opportunity to perform, uh, I just, I just was patient in the process. I, I knew it would just take time and good things happen in time, not mm-hmm. overnight. And so, you know, it was honestly, uh, I enjoyed it because they have so much funding for training and ammo and resources, the leadership, how the training cycles developed. I, I didn't mind the grind. I didn't mind kind of get my teeth kicked in. So you could say, because, um, I knew it was building, it was creating a leader. It was creating me to be that, that Ranger NCO that I always wanted to be that shooter, that door kicker. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was around the best. I, I had no complaints and, you know, any type of, I'm using air quotes, hazing, 
Um, I, it was based on your performance or awareness. And if, if you stepped on your crank, you know, it, it could go a couple ways. And so I learned a lot there and initially it, it just was like, this is, this is a lot easier to work hard mm-hmm. than where I've previously been at. And so, yeah, most definitely. Uh, Cause if you see on both sides of the spectrum, I mean, the best thing about working at regiment is because they were cutting edge, you know what I mean? They were they were tier tier one, you know what I mean? That was yeah. at the top of the, the the food chain, and if you're not putting that that the science and the technology back into your men, why even? Why, you, you you were the you're, the Rangers are the elite the the elite small infantry unit in the world. Oh yeah, you have to put money into it. You have to put that research in it because you're supporting. You're supporting CAG, you're supporting the SEALs, you're supporting Green Berets, you're supporting, I mean, sometimes you support the regular army, depending on what the mission set is. So you have to have that performance, like that elite performance. Yeah, and it's not just the physical performance. And, you know, it's, you have to be mentally aware. Exactly. You have to eat the food. Yep. If you have an injury, you need to be aware of how to fix yourself. You can't just sideline and be like, hey, coach, you know. They are the only, okay, yes, that is the best nutrition at the chow hall i've ever had as that ranger regiment. oh yeah they I let mean, their cooks cook oh my goodness the army does not let their cooks hey, cook. some of those cooks have ranger tabs too exactly they got some, oh, they got yeah. some badass squared away yep. cooks over there no definitely because they, they're allowed to use what they've learned and and develop these programs with you know thor three and the, and the nutritional development stuff so well and it's just tools for leaders i mean yeah, exactly. you know you look at servant style leadership and a lot of what i invest into my athletes and humans um and i call everybody an athlete i think we're all athletes human athletes um i tell many life's a survival sport if we quit we die mm-hmm. and so with that mindset it's all an athlete so in that organization what was unique is every single person played a role with the team they were all those members that brought value and so when you would have you know, all, all these tools, it gave the leaders tools to invest into their people Mm -hmm. and to look at, Hey, what do you want to be? And why, why do you want to go to that school? What are you trying to do long game? Not just right now, not just the battles that we, you know, face in front of us, the long game war and not just for life, but forward thinking and how that applied to backwards planning. And so there's a lot of unique, um, you know, at the time you don't realize what you're learning and how you're growing, but there's a steep learning curve, you know, as a new guy, regardless in that environment, because there's so much that, that steep learning curve, you need to pay attention. And if you're more fit, it's easier to pay attention. If you're mobile and you can move the body, it's easier to reduce your risk for injuries. Mm -hmm. If you knew how to eat the food, you would grow, you get strong, you get good rest and you recover and it's easier to pay attention. So that situational awareness piece is huge with, you know, the whole mind body concept, everything's connected. Yep. Uh, if you know how to defend yourself and be that gunfighter, well, you're not going to be anxious on the unknown factor of what's happening next. You're going to execute. What is that battle drill, mm-hmm. regardless what it is, if it's a collective action rapidly executed with applying that deliberate decision-making process, it's training, it's awareness, it's every single factor within the program on how you can live your life and be aware, not struggling with depression, not a lack of motivation, but having that situation awareness for yourself and your own environment. And it, it's unique. I, I value my mistakes and struggles, not only of myself, of others, where I reach my limits, not, not just all the success, because that, that taught the best lessons for not just me, but the guys around me. 
hey, this is why we don't walk on this trail, boys. Hey, this is why we need to be fit. So when we shoot, move, communicate, you can be fast. This is the difference between cover and concealment. Mm -hmm. And so these lessons learned, I think so many look at that and we don't talk about it. But those tools leaders have, it's also the experience. And so it was a unique organization, um, a lot of great humans over there. And uh, I'm thankful I had an opportunity to be there. Nice. So let's fast forward. You you know, you hit your 15-year mark. You you find out, you know, your back is messed up. You didn't want to do the surgery. You're you're medically retired. I mean, honestly, if I if that happened to me 15 years, I mean, that would like crush me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, how did you what was your I guess how did you take that like your with your mindset and then basically push that to where basically you're at right now today? Yeah, it's unique. So, um I found out I had a back injury when I tried out for the uh, best ranger team at Fort Campbell in the 101st. Um, we had a division assessment for the team. I I won the assessment with about 12 to 14 guys. I don't remember the exact number, but I wasn't going to let you know the guys not from the regiment beat the only ranger regiment guy in this unit mm -hmm. at best ranger competition. Well, I pushed my body to a limit, my feet, my brain, my body, my back, my knees, everything. It was a three-day assessment and uh you know we finished you know body's wrecked eating the food drinking the water and i wake up uh you know a few days after i'm feeling okay and i i pissed the bed and kind of looked around and realized i wasn't overhydrated. i didn't you know go drinking the night before and couldn't feel it but legitimately uh you know had some issues you know my hands usually tingle my feet tingle my ears ring you get injuries you get bumps and bruises i have hardware but I brought that one up. I, I went to my buddy that was a doc and he's like, hey man, um, at the time I was coaching CrossFit, um, did a lot of certs and courses within functional fitness and you know, I, even strong women uh, coaching. And so uh, kind of consulted some docs and uh, they looked at some imagery and said, hey man, you broke your back in, in three vertebrae. I don't, I don't know when, but here's the cracks, here's the breaks. and." Your L5S1 has a grade one shift, and that was this was in 2015 at the time. And he said, if it gets worse, um, you know, you pissing the bed's not the worst thing can happen, but you could not use your legs. Mm -hmm. And that kind of that kind of hit me upside the head. And he said, I had you know spinal thesis, spinal lysis. I had a now I have a grade two shift in the L5S1, radiculopathy on both legs, so they go numb. And uh, I just kind of realized like, you know, I, through coaching had a unique experience of having more joy and pleasure, putting athletes on that podium rather than me being on top, beating my chest. It wasn't about me mm -hmm. in the military. You know, I've done more than I ever set out to. I'm thankful for all I've done. Um, I went to a lot of cool schools, courses, deployments. I have all the t-shirts I need. I didn't need right. to continue because it wasn't about the money. So I medically retired January 15th, 2018, and I'm thankful for my service. I'm thankful that I have that experience as a leader. And I knew the time that it was going to take for me to completely retire. It was just time wasted. We don't know mm -hmm. what we have the next day. We don't know what's going on tomorrow, but what I could do was enjoy my time and try and continue to lead and, and help and do. And so, uh, that's, that's kind of been the mindset is I'm thankful daily. I'm thankful. I have gratitude. You know, I've, I've buddies that got a freaking leg blown off and they continue to do their job. And so I'm not complaining. It, it's, I thankfully can operate under a difficult work environment. So 
I have it better than most in my opinion. Oh yeah. I mean, I, that's how I look at it too. I mean, I, I retired 2018, you know, I had all my digits, all my legs, all my arms. I, I, I look at it as like, I'm blessed, I'm humble, you know, and, and, oh, I'm, yeah. and I'm lucky. You know what I mean? Cause when, when you're in the, when I was in, you know, 20 years old, 25 years old, 30 years old, 35 years, my mentality of like, I'm raising my hand. I'll go anywhere you want me to. Like oh, I was yeah. a side guy. I'm a support guy. I will support anything. Like send me down. Like everything I did, I raised my hand to go to Libya, Ukraine, things like that. But I never was afraid of getting injured. I was never afraid of get, getting killed. You know what I mean? It was always yeah. like my 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 focus was let me do the mission. I'm here. Why do I want to sit in the rear? Yeah, and it's almost like and and some get it, I guess, but uh when you deploy and some of the brothers that are gone, you know, war's a, it sounds funny, but it's a unique, beautiful thing. I, I very much enjoyed doing that because I, I was able to be a part of something so much bigger than myself that if I could bring value, awesome. Mm -hmm. And if I went out, you know, doing big boy stuff, guns blazing or just mistakes or I'm over there and whatever happens, if it's my time, it's my time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just such a big push. We don't know when it's going to be our time. Do something of honor, do something of value and learn from your mistakes, learn from right. that around you so you can apply it because it's, it's whenever we go, we go. I, I think too many don't think about what happens after we die. We're too focused on the outside environment of looking cool, looking successful and not investing into your faith. Yeah. And that's what I look at. Like now being, I've been out for a couple of years now. I've been, you know, I've, I've gotten a civilian life. It's been easy because of where I work. Cause mm -hmm. it's, we have a majority of our, who I work with are all veterans, you know, or some or serve some way, shape or form. So it's an easier transition because I get to talk and things like that. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't want to die right now. Like yeah. I got the rest of my life. I just had like, I, my son's about to turn two years old. Oh yeah. I'm 42. It's like, man, when I'm, when he turns 40, I'm going to be 82. You know, think about that. I have to start like taking better care of myself. I have to start thinking about a risk assessment for my life. And you know, the, those things I have to put before me now. Well, I tell my athletes and it's funny that, and, and again, I call, I think everybody's an athlete. I say that it's an empowering term. Uh, we're human athletes. I'm going to, I'm going to live till I'm 120. I think that's the goal. I tell my yep. athletes, I'll race you. 60 is the halfway point. If you move functionally, if you stretch and mobilize in the morning, drink 12 ounces of water and do a stretch routine, go ahead and be active. You don't have to wake up at five and drink the pre-workout and go crush it in the gym and eat all mm -hmm. the food, eat things that grow from the damn ground, have a healthy lifestyle, reduce your stress. Look at that environment you're getting yeah. in. And, and you say that and it's that, and I, that is like the total way to go, but I don't like the people that do the cold turkey oh, kills it's, me, man. Well, it's like, the, you can't sustain you that. You can't. No. The thing is, it's moderation. Everybody yep. wants it now. And I tell my yep. athletes, I'm like, okay, you have six back abs. Now what? Or you have the body you wanted. Now yeah, what? now what do you do? Or you have the job or you have the car. You have yep. the, it's, it's a temporary thing, not the complete program. And when I say that complete program, you look at a pie chart. There's like 15 slices of pie in there you need to focus on. And if you mm -hmm. aren't focusing on all of those areas then you're going to have an oblong wagon wheel. If you're, if you're not investing into your faith, then, then you're lost. If you're not invested into your fitness, you may not be able to perform when you have to defend yourself. If you're not getting enough rest and sleep, you may get irritable and overstressed. And if you do that for 50, 60 years, well, you might develop like 
you know, some spine issues because your posture is heart disease. Yeah. Yeah. And so holistically we have to look at how can we get away from just medicine, 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 and all these outlets to try and find happiness when we, we need to reset and kind of clean things up, kind of the mess and the, the, the BS and just look at how can I be prepared? How can I invest into my mind and preparation? So I get all the pieces in the pie and you can live a long life. It's the battles versus the war, the war against the clock. We're all going to die. So one, we need to quit taking things so serious mm-hmm. and the things we do oh, take 100%. serious. It's just, you 100%. know, and so the big push is uh, taking care of self before others, you know, an oxygen mask pops down from the airplane. Yeah. Well, if you suffocate and you just fixed your kids, now they're without a dad, yep. you know, and you look at that in other scenarios. So you've taken, you know, a lot of this has to do with like your, your military background. You get med, you get med boarded. When did the apex performance solutions like, when did that come in? When did that idea hit you? And like of all, everything we're talking about right now, like how did you come up with that? How did you develop that that idea, that plan? Yeah, so it's it's honestly, um, it's it's unique. It, it, it's it been a, in process for kind of since I started coaching, uh, coaching CrossFit. And disclaimer, I was a big anti-CrossFit guy. I was the dude that liked to go to the CrossFit gym, pay to drop in, let me see what the time is, and let me try and beat everybody. Cool. I'll see you guys next week. I moved up to Tennessee, uh, which in my opinion is kind of like the mecca of CrossFit community. Did you ever work out at um, Dunbar Cave? Oh, I forget how they how he Dunbar said it. Cave Lab. Yes. Yeah I, yeah. I know the guy, Matt. Matt Below. Yeah, Matt's, I don't know him as well. I have a, a guy, uh, one, of my, a, one of my good friends, uh, Kyle. He's like the scientist, man. He's yeah. uh, he's a really good dude. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Small yeah. world. Yeah. No, I, I coached in that town at uh, CrossFit Solified, actually. Um, and, you know, went through a bunch of certs and courses, CrossFit Level 1, CrossFit Level 2, CrossFit Gymnastic, Gymnastics, CrossFit Mobility. I went to USAW uh, Level 1 uh, Sports Performance Coach. Army master fitness trainer, uh, did a lot of stuff in the fitness space mm-hmm. that opened up opportunities after the back injury. Um, you know, I got sidelined from that coached the best Ranger team in 2015 and 2016 and integrated, you know, philosophy behind functional movements, constantly mm-hmm. varied at high intensity and just looked at the endurance space. Then I looked at specificity of programming based on sport with injuries involved, with mobility issues, functional movement screens, nutrition. And it wasn't just doing the one thing. How can you take everything from powerlifting to strongman to Olympic lifting to endurance to just explosive movements so you can create this, you know, guys that have two left feet that have no coordination. You can train coordination. Mm-hmm. You can train balance, speed, power, agility, depending on the sport. And, you know, that's where it goes to life being that sport. All these, all these functional movements, it made sense that one grandma needs to learn how to do a clean and jerk because she puts a box of ornaments up in that closet because little Timmy, little cousin well, or nephew, well, he's not the, the kid anymore that's helping out grandma and watching mm-hmm. his P's and Q's in his mouth when he walks in. So it's important for us to put our shoes on, to go pick up something off the ground or put something in the closet and that's humanity. Um, so it was unique kind of, you know, back on, on your question, when I got involved with coaching, I, I loved the community. I loved the investment into others. 
that's really when I transitioned from athlete to coach. I had some injuries with shoulders, back, and just kind of nursed it. But what really was the recharge, kind of filling those gaps, was investing into athletes. And um, I had a pretty large class. Uh, I was a four o'clock class, and you know, a big motto. Some athletes would say, uh, "If if you guys don't like it, you guys can work out at five o'clock." Like uh-huh. I'm, I'm the boss. I'm the coach. If you yeah. don't like it, there's a door. I provided accountability. So I was thinking of opening a gym at this point, but it was like, ah, I'm still in the military. Ah, I don't yeah. know if I want to do that yet. But I, I continued to train. I, I got involved into uh, some motocross athletes. Uh, Sam Redman was one of my first pro athletes I worked with, trained with him while he's an amateur till a pro. I race and ride motocross and mountain bikes and uh, love the sports. So that's how I could kind of get involved and give back and uh, started to get involved in sports specific. And uh, that kind of opened up, all right, these guys don't know how to stretch. Like outside the, the community that understands functional fitness, everything outside of it, they don't understand the mobility piece where range of motion is important. And then stability within ranges of motion are important. Because they hate stretching. Everyone hates stretching. Well, yeah, you know I mean? and if you don't That's use it, you lose exactly. it. Exactly. And it's so true. It's if anybody needed any piece of advice, wake up and stretch and move the body from your ankles, your feet, your calves, your knees, your quads, your hamstrings, glutes, back, everything from head to toe, even just do neck circles. If you don't do that, it's going to tighten up and you're going to get extra tension, stress, pressure, your mood's going to change, move the body. Well, when it's young athletes that are teenagers, let in their twenties, they can barely bend over, touch their damn toes. So that was kind of a big wake up call to sport specific. And I remembered, you know, I, I lettered in four sports in high school and remember how we used to do it. Yeah. And it was just the same stuff, same stuff. And what the special operations community taught me was continue to problem solve. Ask, why are we doing that? There's not, well, that's just the way we do it. Here. Oh, that's the worst. Th- those are the worst words to ever say about it's the anything. Worst stuff. Oh, I hate that. So I continue hate, to evolve. Yeah. How can we do it better? How can we do it better? Lessons learned. Yep. One plan is no plan. Two is one. Three, there we go. Yep. Sure, courses of action. And so I applied a lot of that through, you know, fitness. And I saw the importance of nutrition. And I really dove into macronutrients and looked at performance-based nutrition, performance-based training, performance-based mobility. And that's even the athlete's weaknesses or injuries. How can we, you need to continue to compete. Don't give me an excuse. You had knee surgery. Sweet. Then your knee should be perfect. Shut up, do the work. Mm -hmm. And so many people wanted this cop out where they would have an excuse. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Stop. We're going to work with that. And I had a lot of just specific, I had to work with that and wear a lot of different hats from nutrition guy to PT guy, to coach guy, to mentor guy, to life coach guy. And it was just all these aspects within sport, the same thing as a leader in the army or the same thing as a coach. And so being that coach, how can I bring the most value if a D1 football player walked in the room mm-hmm. and he's done thousands of back squats and he won't listen because it, I'm not you know, him. I have to bring value. How can you bring value? And that's, again, that servant style leadership philosophy. And I enjoyed that within a community I could create, but I wanted control. I knew I didn't want investors because mm-hmm. I didn't want them to control. So I kind of, how, how can I do the thing? And I was still in the military. And so when I got out, um, I got into sales. I was living in Nashville, take care of my customer like they're my soldier. And in that process, I've, I've always helped and always coached. I program or do nutrition and 
you know, just help with whatever athletes needed. And I wouldn't charge. I just love to help. And, uh, finally I had an opportunity working with some supercross athletes, um, some more just humans that needed some work. And I just doubled down, dove in and I said, let's, let's do the thing. And so about a year ago, um, you know, and this was probably, we'll shoot maybe a little more about September, 2019 is when I was totally committed to starting a company. Um, a few times before, you know, with my interactions with business, I saw a lot of the gaps and holes with C-level, C-level executives, regional directors, management, whatever you want to call it, the lack of leadership experience in any organization of business, just the unawareness of servant style leadership. So it wasn't going to be business. And then I realized there's so much more than just teaching people how to lead. And I started to look at how, what's going to be the direction. It's, it can't just be fitness. I'm mm-hmm. not going to just be a fitness guy and not just a fitness guy. There's nutrition. so many of those guys out there. There's so many. And yeah, it would, yeah. it would almost do not to, you know, stroke me off and, and anybody else, but as a veteran and as a successful like gunfighter, you need to know how to do it all. And humans need to know how to do it all. And the big push is not to just be successful in sport because you're going to, you're going to reach your expiration date when you're your best. But when life is that survival sport, it's the mental health issues we have going on mm-hmm. across the board. That is the biggest, the biggest issue and challenge. And so I really just looked at, huh, let me, how can I just help? How can I lead? Not just right workouts. I, I've actually fired and got rid of people that are like, Hey, I just need some workouts, man. I said, well, Hey, it's just not working out for me. You're not representing the team or you're not putting in the work. Mm-hmm. Adios. So it went from nutrition, fitness, mobility, um, going to what I called focus framework prior to competition. You know, when you're a super cross athlete and you're racing in front of a hundred thousand fans, you, you perform differently. Right. And so you get anxiety, you get nervousness, you get fear. You see that guy lining up next to you that just blew your doors off and now you thought you were prepped and now you completely forget the weeks of prep or the months of training you put in because that guy has your number. Yeah. And then I got, man, if I taught these, how can I teach these guys confidence? And you remember going out before deployment, mm-hmm. chaplains would give the most motivating speeches, oh, yeah. bring the fight to the enemy and just, Especially you know, the, the wings of the back of yeah. these angel soldiers with these swords yep. and just, I mean, where you had like a great like rage. sergeant major that was just like, oh yeah, <clears throat> he had that gritty voice and he was like old school, like he didn't even need a gun to go fight. He just, oh, I mean, you know, stare at somebody. Rick Merritt, know? exactly. But that's like the best, and that, that's very motivating. And it's it, and it was so genuine. It wasn't forced through them. You know what I mean? No, and it's it's and it just goes back to look at when you invest into somebody. What do you get in return? And when you are able to come in as the lead, the leader or the one in charge and you're down there picking up the brass, you're cutting it up with the boys, or you really kind of put on that armor and beat your chest and say, boys, mm-hmm. we're going to go and fuck shit up. Yep. And that confidence that that's that force multiplier, that, that positive leader that can invest to the people. That's a force multiplier businesses. If you want a bottom line change, look at everybody you have, see what makes them happy, ask where they're from, invest into them, teach them how mm-hmm. to make money and be successful look at what happens at the productivity. Oh yeah, of the definitely. It's so as all these things, I'm just like, man, I need to create a company. It can't be coach Russ. That sounds silly. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. That's, I'm it sounds not about like that. it's like, 
it's too like no fear, it's, no fail. Oh, yeah, like, no, and I, I so I, I came up with the name with a buddy of mine, Adam, um, Apex Performance Solutions, and I had an opportunity to go to combat dive school in 2010. Um, that was a unique uh, thing that I decided to do when I was an import to the Ranger Regiment. And uh, so apex predator, like sharks in the ocean, there's mm -hmm. a shark fin on the logo. And as humans, we are the apex predators of this planet. And so human performance solutions and how that came about was it's an overall concept of how one has a program that he lives, he follows, he believes, and they have to have buy-in. And the first thing wasn't the fitness piece or the mobility piece, or you have to eat the food your mind has to be right. And I have to, we have to come to an agreement on what your focus is, what your outlook and philosophy is on life. Why are you doing the thing? Because if, if you don't know how to continue, if you don't want it bad enough, then when you hit that stop point, you will stop. You will not crawl. You will not pass go. You will not collect $200. Yeah. You need to grind and work and move because I, I'm five foot six and a good day. I'm, you know, 185 pounds I'm dense I work and work and that chip on my shoulder to work was what I realized over the years I, I wasn't just proving it to everybody else that hey because I can do it it was proving it to me and so when I looked at the overall how can I best lead or guide these athletes we have to get their mind right we have to teach them to also defend themselves because if my athletes can defend themselves, if they can gunfight, if they are prepared for life, not just sport, that's just one aspect. If my athletes are prepared for life, then the sport they're in is going to be no issue. Mm -hmm. If my rider can beat the hell out of everybody on the line, either shoot, move, communicate, then I guarantee he's going to sprint to that first corner. He's going to grind in those laps. And instead of, oh, I'm burning these left corners, or, oh, this is happening, or, oh, mm. this is happening, and bad carpenter blaming his tools. He has a solution, though, if something well, happens. Hey, man, cool. Hey, yeah. awesome. All these things, those were limitations. You didn't fail. Yeah. When you quit, you fail. And guess what? When you quit, you die. So you reached a limit. You reached a stop point. You could only drink so much water. You can only get so much rest. You can only run so many miles. Mm -hmm. You reach a limitation. So within that limit, what was the limit? Awesome. Now we have something to work on. Great, we just got feedback, because guess what we're doing next week? Those left-hand corners, those starts. Or hey, Olympic lifter, let's look at your bottom position, wrist position. Let's look at, do you need stability in your back? Hey, running athlete, let's look at this. Hey, you athlete, let's look at your mobility. Or let's look at focus with technique. Maybe it's communication error. Maybe it's a team concept issue that everybody has to be on the same page, but identifying a problem and not getting upset about the battles. It's the long game war piece. Mm -hmm. And so it was an aha moment when, and, and a lot of this right now, it's still green in the areas of, of development, um, not quite implementation, but the direction is the overall concept solution with the mind and the body. So holistically, like, you need nothing because you were taught how to fish in every area. And it also includes the investment in faith. That to me, that's the moral compass that drives you. It, it's taking one cookie when grandma says you can have a cookie, not two. And you feel like, oh, I just stole. Don't steal. Do the mm -hmm. right thing. Pick up the trash on the ground. Open a door for somebody. Create unity and be that leader. Yeah, just be nice. Yeah, it's be cool, it, man. it costs nothing to be nice to people. No. But as like, as your business evolves this, over the past couple of years, what, what are challenges that you're seeing right now with kind of like your 
your model and then kind of like next couple of years or like in the business as, as itself, like what are your challenges you see? Yeah, honestly, um, you know, I'm, I'm staying patient in the growth process where I'm not just looking at where's the money, where's the money. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the opportunity to help people, the masses. I'm looking at getting in law enforcement and talking about situational awareness and escalation of force or how to kind of identify issues. I'm, I'm teaching gunfighting. I'm teaching all these skills and the thing I'm looking at, especially with just human athletes, and I, I just, I'll give workouts and I'll do nutrition and I'll have update calls and I make them call me mm-hmm. because I'm not going to chase you like a girl. Um, I'm going to make you come after it. And if you want it, you're going to commit. And that's, that's the big issue I see is people don't want it. Mm-hmm. They, they, they say they do, but it's almost like they don't, they don't know how to work hard. Yeah. It's if they don't get it right now. Uh, yeah, exactly. I hate like one of my pet peeves is just people that talk too much about, oh, I'm doing this. And then look, you're going to see next year and this and that. It's like, but OK, what are you going to do about that? You know, like w- w- like what's your plan? Just saying it, it doesn't mean anything unless you have like some kind of plan written out. Like for me right now, I am in a state of just blah right now. Like I haven't worked out in, in, in a few months. I just can't like I, and we have a gym at the at, at work, a simple all you need to do is just get down there and do three sets of the chest. Just just get your shit together, and, and I just can't get to it. But I know that I have to. So my mind is right. It's just like, but my mind is all it's just jacked well, up at the same time. Yeah, so and that's I have athletes like all over the place. That's especially right now at this year. That's the common trend. One, mm-hmm. it's accountability. Oh yeah, big if time. If I was like, hey dude, we're gonna go do the thing. Show up at this time. I'm gonna just quick workout. Mm-hmm. And you knew like, oh fuck, all right, we're gonna go do the thing and workout. You will get up and go do it. If that's hey, I'm gonna provide this environment accountability, then you have a reason to go and do the thing. Especially what I've seen with what I enjoyed about functional fitness in that community, you had the accountability within the people you worked out with. If you mm-hmm. weren't there for a week and you show up, they're like, where you been, dude? Mm-hmm. Or hey, girl, where you been? What's going on? And it's just that it's, it's clean, healthy, fun that keeps you accountable. And so I look and tell people within the environment you're in to include the music you listen to that is going to influence your environment, the social media you follow, the, the people you talk to. Yes. You can't choose your family. You can choose how much time you spend with family. You can can be like, Hey, you keep it up. I'll only see you at Christmas and they keep it up. Guess what? I'll see you at your funeral. Mm-hmm. because it's not worth you waiting for somebody to pass away and die or move just so you have that stress off your life. Right. All the crap that's on our plate needs to be in moderation. And that's even looking at what do we need as humans? Because right now we have it better than any king and queen that's ever lived. Yet we need so much mental health at an all-time high because we feel like we deserve I, all this crap. I, I, I've said it again and again. We have too much stuff. We do. I mean, look at... I mean. Like you go to like Target, you go to Walmart and you drive down the highway, you like just take drive down 15, go drive for an hour and every exit, there's a Walmart, every exit, there's a, and guess where all that shit, all it is is plastic shit we take from one building and we put it in our house Yeah, and then we throw it away and then we go buy more shit. Or it's just, it's a push to get things to show I'm so successful. Look exactly. at all these it's things a status I have. symbol. And it's, to me, success is working when you want to quit. It's overcoming a challenge. It's going after a goal and not mm-hmm. letting adversity stop you. Success is internal so you can stay focused, so you can get your butt up and go work out in the morning. Oh, yeah, definitely. You I mean, it, it, it's, it's that it's, accountability. It's like I wake up, I mean, I'm up 
sometimes at three in the morning because I can't sleep. But usually I'm up at like five o'clock and it's like, man, all I have to do is get up. I can go down in the basement, get on the ground, do some sit-ups, push-ups, whatever it is. Well, just in that, you know? I'll tell people, you know, you don't have to follow and, and focus on this big workout program. Yep. Just get, just start moving, yeah, just stretch, touch your toes, get in a lunge, go ahead and get into a squat, just move the body around, do some leg swings, arm swings, neck circles, move the body around, open the intercostal space in the ribs open up your hips, start turning your thumbs inward, mm-hmm. outward, internal, external rotation, then keep kind of moving the body and maybe do some push-ups. You don't have to do them strict. You can push against the dang wall or an incline. You can go ahead and kind of do some pull movements some push, just see and feel your body. And a big thing I try to teach my athletes, you got to listen to your body. If you need to stop because you were over-programmed or under-programmed, then stop or add to mm-hmm. don't over-push it. A lot of athletes in that CrossFit space, their bodies are wrecked. I mean, they are grinding through injuries and wrecking their damn bodies, and they're yeah. very unhealthy. Like, to me, that's a big threat. And with, all it would take is, like, how you said it, like, let's start at the bottom with our wrist. That's you know. it. That's it. It could be something that they're doing their wrists. That's oh, yeah. simple as throwing their back out. Oh, yeah. And it's just, and, and when I'll talk to athletes, when I'm like, all right, hey, this is what we're going to do. And I, I show them the workouts. Mm-hmm. And I said, just, this is feedback for me to see where you are at. And I'm not here to just crush your soul. That's, that's not going to accomplish that set goal. We're going to focus on moving well. So I want to look at your range of motion. We're going to increase your range of motion. Then we're going to create stability within all ranges of motion. How do you handle the, uh, and you see it in every, every gym when people are getting coached and it's like, they just can't get that one little move. And it's like the point of, you're annoyed because they're that the way they're treating the frustration, like what, like, and that's obviously it's part of your, the, uh, the whole holistic approach and yeah. everything. Like how would you like handle that, that situation for that person's like, you know, with uh, yeah, with movements and frustrations, yeah. it's, well, you got to break down what's, you got to break down what is the breakdown mm-hmm. and what is going wrong. And if it's, if they are getting in front of themselves, then just tell them, take a break. Yeah. Hey, just take a breath. Let's record. Let me break it down and show you. Mm-hmm. Let me talk to you or let me demo or touch and look at different coaching cues and point out what they're doing right. Point out little things that may make it feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Maybe the weight they're using is a little too heavy to really dial in technique. Maybe they need to focus on accessory movements to have the stability. So if you're getting a movement overhead, you can balance it overhead. Yeah. If you have to pick something up, you can maintain proper posture. As soon as your posture breaks down, ah, maybe you should set that down. You don't right. want to injure yourself. And that's practicing posture when you're living your life. So practice posture while you're working out, always maintaining that posture. So you don't have a, an alignment mm-hmm. issue. So you don't have an impingement. So you don't tweak a neck. That way, when you bend down and pick up your keys, you don't blow your back out because you know how to do a deadlift. Right. And so it's, um, you got to kind of identify problem solution, but be there to coach. And sometimes you got to tell somebody to doing a great job. Sometimes you got to tell them, Hey, quit being a damn sissy, mm-hmm. pick up the fricking bar and do the damn movement Yeah, because they need that accountability. So how are you doing it with like COVID now? Like, do you guys have a, did you have a plan for that kind of? Well, it- it's been unique. So when COVID hit, um, I was a trainer at a motocross facility and um, I started my company March 13th this year, official with Legal Zoom, the LLC, the whole mm-hmm. thing. I was pumped. And then seven days later, March 20th, I got laid off from my sales job. So that kind of affected my maneuverability. 
it also affected people's ability to go to the gym. Yep. People were leaving the facility. Um, across the country, I have athletes all over in a lot of states, a remote program and, and work and train. People weren't wanting to do the work because now they're working from the house. They're not wanting to eat the food because it makes them feel good. They're mm-hmm. not getting the rest because they're resting during the day. It was now the whole program's washed. And I realized, okay, it's a lot more than the fitness scene. And although the fitness is just one aspect, the mobility is one aspect, then there's the food. And that's mm-hmm. kind of started the big push with how do I hold these people accountable? What can I do if I can't get in person? And that's where the, the dilemma was, let me try and motivate. How can we create accountability? We got to focus on goals, short and long-term, give small victories, really turned now being life coach. And that's when a lot of this, this company turned to just providing those solutions. But some of them are just listening to veteran brothers and, and some of the stories they need to tell. That's just visiting. That's just being pliable and moldable in what is needed for my athlete. Sometime being aware to what's needed, what's required. It may just be take a day off. All right. Hey, go, go outside, go on a hike or Hey, your workout today, you're going to go shoot hoops or you're going to go ride your mountain bike. Active recovery. Yeah. And just, Hey, you don't have to go and be, you know, Rich Froning or Steve Prefontaine. You need to just be able to move well. At the end of the day, what do you need to do to be a human? Maybe go run and jump over that fence if so, you know, Antifa's running exactly. after you. Yeah. Or if you're getting shot at, you need to yeah. be able to run. There's four reactions to functional fear. fitness yeah, type Yeah, I stuff. work with a company as well called the Vigilance Group. And in that, I, I learned there's four reactions to fear. Moose Moore's amazing human. You freeze. That's, that's not good. And mm-hmm. if you get frightened and you freeze, you dead sailor over a jump, that's not good. You're going to faint. Well, that's, that's self-explanatory, not going to be right. good either. You run, well, you'll live, but you might screw your buddy. Mm-hmm. Or you fight. And the only way you're going to fight is if you're trained, if you're aware, you're prepared. And so when it, when it came to, you know, the big aspect of the preparation piece and kind of identifying what is the fear, I had to look at these guys need some accountability. They need leadership. And what I saw with so many civilians, they have not ever experienced leadership. The military, in my opinion, is the best leadership organization in the whole world. We have the best military in the world. Not going to say if we're the best country in the world anymore, but we do have the best military. And regardless of the job, I don't care what role they played. They had an example, what was around them, of the best leaders in this planet. So what I realized with my interaction with business, with athletes from 8-year-olds to 78-year-olds I've worked with, they all need leaders. They all need accountability. Mm -hmm. That servant-style leadership invest into you because then you'll work. If I'm investing into you and I'm investing into your goals harder than you are, that's, it's going to be really difficult unless you're just a horrible human Mm -hmm. to not want to put in the work. You got to create that accountability in that environment. A lot of people are not good enough to maintain self-motivation to just get up and do the work they do. They're just insane. And they have some unique tools that just like they punch themselves in the face Mm -hmm. and say, let's go. So how would you rank kind of like how you have everything broken down? Is, is it different for everybody? Like kind of how you rank kind of like what you're going to start working on first, or do you kind of hit on every section as one? Yeah, it depends on the athlete. Um, honestly, it depends on their goals, depends on their Mm -hmm. activity level. Um, you look at what, what are they wanting to accomplish and, you know, not just how much time they have, but how invested are they? I mean, 
it's also a sliding scale on, on what they can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do stuff with athletes where I talk to some people every day to once a week to once a month. And it's very much dependent on that human athlete. Their program is dependent directly on them. Um, I try to teach them front side and vest, teach them how to fish. So when they stretch in the morning and they do mobility stuff and mashing and, and grinding and doing band work, they're aware if they did a bunch of back squats and deadlifts, like, all right, I might need to mash and move mm-hmm. these bodies. Oh, I did this workout. I got to work on my recovery piece. Well, what I try to explain to people is you have this prep. You prep for the event. There's a long uphill to this prep. Starts maybe a couple days prior. Maybe starts a week prior. It may be weeks prior if you're doing you know, a long triathlon mm-hmm. or a endurance race or a sprint. You may need to look at what is the prep to that, to include your rest, your nutrition. So within that prep, you're prepping for that actual event. In that event itself, you may need to do some work. You may need nutrition on a long endurance event. You may need to have some water. You may need to take a mid, like a midway race refuel, not mm-hmm. only for your bike, but for your body and your brain. After that event, you have recovery. How are you recovering the body and how does that roll into the prep for the next event? And so as you kind of break down this timeline, that's unique to the human on their age, on their activity level. How long have they been an athlete? How long have they been in sport? Are they aware? Do they need time to focus, to meditate, to visualize? And so a lot of these over time, you try to teach the human how to actually think, how to be aware of their their self-creating their own environment. So if they know they're having a stressful day, maybe they can just shut the music off. Mm-hmm. They just drive the speed limit, maybe with no traffic, and they take their time. I believe everybody has deserved the right and earned the right to take your time and do your best. Mm-hmm. If you do your best, that's your best work. You've earned the opportunity to do that. Don't rush. Nobody's going to be pissed if, if you know, you're, you're a little bit late if it's your best. Yep. If you're, you know, finger jamming it and half-assing it. Well, that's, that's a different case scenario. Yeah, it just shows like you're not prepared. <laughs> like you're just, yeah. you're, you're winging it. Yeah. You know, and I, I've been a part of that a couple of times, but at the same time you learn from that and it just builds and builds and builds. Like I'm 42 years old. Like I have a little bit of life lessons that I know that when I'm doing something bad, I know I'm doing it and I can either choose to keep doing it or choose to stop doing it. Yeah. And that's how like, you know, you, you, you mature throughout, you know, well in all of this, like I've, I wasn't the greatest soldier, the greatest coach, the greatest human. Mm-hmm. I, I have made more mistakes than I've been successful. And, uh, I'm thankful for all the mistakes I've made. Um, I, I, uh, I had unique challenges throughout my career in the military and sports. You know, I, I don't believe just my experience came from, you know, 15 years of, of being an army guy. But also 18 years prior to that, of being an athlete, you know, growing up in Michigan, trying to shovel the snow off my car, starting it up 30 minutes before I had to go leave for the house, mm-hmm. we're cutting weight, we're running the country block. And all those things created work ethic, created team, created accountability. Yep. It, it taught so much when you look back on the lessons learned. It's not just the good stuff. If you're 100 and 0, you went defeated, sweet. What'd you learn? Just keep doing what you've been doing. Yeah. That's like you talk about like Ranger Regiment, like the best. The best rangers are those guys that played high school. They go, they are athletes. They, athletes. you know, they didn't even though they like, may not get the Division One scholarship. They because they wanted to serve their country. Yeah, like I look at you know the Rangers. That's D one right there. Yeah, you know that's like you know top twenty five AP poll. You know you're in oh, the yeah. you're in the Rangers. You know and 
these guys are like you, hard chargers. I mean, they are. It steps your game yeah, up. I mean, it sure does. It. Uh, I and again, I, I spent time at um, Bravo Company three seven five and Alpha Company and uh, work with so many great humans there. Learned so much from those guys. But it was, I'm not gonna say it was easy to work hard, but you had accountability to work hard. Mm-hmm. You had the dudes around you. That environment that was created oh, there. Yeah. Man, I mean, and I look back. I would. I look back and I don't regret, but I see what I took for granted. I see what mistakes I made. I see where I was immature. Mm-hmm. I see when I did things that may have been selfish or I, I, you know, cut corners or half-assed something. And that's some of the best lessons learned now. Yeah. You know, the guys I look up to that remember some things I did and I'm like, shit. What was, what was the most ridiculous thing that happened to you? I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say your whole career, but just in that range of regiment, because I know there's some funny uh, moments. I mean, I mean, if I told you, I'd have to. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I mean, you know what was fun that, that kind of got kanked um, out to the way to the ranges. We used to sing songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was unique, um, you know, it wasn't like a gang where you jump in, jump out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. if you didn't have yeah. a ranger tab, <laughs> you were new to the unit. Uh, if you weren't fit, if you just sucked. Yeah. You know, we had unique ways of just kind of doing things, but uh, the way we brought togetherness and how we just went out there and just grinded, um, it was just the things that, that wasn't just, um, you know, gnarly or the craziest stuff. But I remember guys like, you know, I had a a first sergeant, first sergeant Rob Phipps. It's probably one of the greatest first sergeants I've had. And it it was because he would go out and do the things with the boys. Mm -hmm. He'd go out there and shoot with the boys. He'd pick up brass. He'd go out there and police call or take us out to the range on deployment and go through a straight up we shot probably 50,000 rounds like not many like it we shot thousands of rounds per individual over a two-week period where we took you know day one ranger dudes and they're out shooting you know dev group operators oh yeah they get pissed and roll off the range because we're just blowing out the 10x ring and working a lot of VTAC drills, working mm-hmm. a lot of moving drills, working a lot of just those fundamentals of marksmanship. Because to be an advanced marksman, all you have to do is master the basics. That's all it is. That's Guys it, out there listening, that's the that, that's the secret it. is know the basics. That's it. And practice those. And a big thing, stable shooting platform. That's well, it. You need to know how to squat and move and be functional. Yeah. You can't just walk like, hut, 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 hut. you got to be able to gunfight, man. I, and this funny thing is I learned more about like shooting here at Field Crowd Survival than I ever did in the military. Yeah. And that's well, a scary thing to well, say. Like, and I hate saying that. Well, it goes back to, well, that's the way we do it here. Yeah. It's that's just to range, qualify. The, yeah. And that's I'm what I really, paper. yeah. And that's what was so unique with, uh, you know, the regiment. We got so much rounds, so oh, many ammo. And the best guns. The, you got, the best everything. And that's the thing that made it, made it good is because like you give... You give a, a private a piece of kit that makes him look cool, oh, but yeah. it also makes him better. Dude, your 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 confidence level is through the roof. Oh yeah, I you mean, gotta, you, I remember when the Mitch helmets came out. Like we were, I mean, there's a rule you have to yeah, look cool. I was you know, up, if you don't, you do at least look cool. Exactly, at least look like you know what you're doing. So we were up at Bragg, and you know, obviously, Third Ranger Battalion, Seventy Fifth is down in, uh, in in Fort Benning, and you have First Ranger Battalion. So we're never co-located. Oh yeah. So we are like. We're showing up and it's like, who the hell are you guys? Yeah. But then, but the, but the love was there from the regiment because they would send us everyone in the attachment, Mitch helmets. So we were the only ones in our battalion and our company anywhere. Hey, we know how to take care of our people. We had our little Mitch helmets on, man. And people (laughs) were like, 
oh, you guys think that you're cowboys and oh, you got your. Uh, remember we we were allowed to put our, uh, our 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 pockets on our sleeves. Oh yeah, the mod. Man. You know, we got the mod. Our uniform. It, that was and really, it was like you, oh yeah, dude. I, I was like oh look at me man like I'm I'm out with the Rangers like my confidence. As just a sap guy, boosted a hundred ten percent. Well, that's what was cool. I uh, the last two deployments I did, um, I was a weapon squad leader at the Ranger Regiment, and uh, I loved that job because of the flexibility and the freedom of maneuver. Mm-hmm. I had big guns, Gustav snipers, mortars. I had FOs that that you know uh, controlled rotor wing helicopters, even canines. And when we linked up with enablers and we were there, the support elements. You were part of that team. Yeah. Even the guys we trained that were, you know, other indigenous units from other, you know, countries or whatever was with us. Even, you know, the the uh, CST interpreters with the females, the medic. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Part of that team, and you're only as strong as your capabilities. And that and, and that's and that's a great thing that we did. But at the same time, that meant that doing that, it took a while for that to happen. Like to allow those enablers coming in. And, you know, and making it like, not just like at the end of the day, all right, enables you go here and then we go here. Well, it was, it was, I think it started because our op tempo was so fast. Like it was after we were successful, follow on, follow on, follow on, follow on. And so you guys were part of the team. Mm -hmm. And once what was great is the young guys got to see that. And it's the thing you saw, like everyone had a slice and everyone worked together. That's how it worked. It was a machine. Like it, like if you didn't have. The guys at the blocking points, we we're not we're not we're not clearing buildings. Yeah, you know what I mean. If you don't have like the SIOP guy on the ground talking to people, we might not have that security to go down that that road. So it's like, as long as we're all doing our job and no one's getting like this ego about them, who, who gives a shit who gets the credit? Who gives a yeah. shit who gets who gets who shoots the guy in the face? Man, let's all go and let's all get back. Well, and that's what's interesting. I tell people, you know, a dead terrorist is no good to interrogate. No. You can't get no information off a dead guy taking a dirt nap. Mm-hmm. Some of the most successful missions were zero round shot. Some of the best deployment target missions. We went in, we went in, so, hey, yeah. you're going to vote. All right, you did smart. You put that down. Yep. boy. All right, come with us. We clear, we get good info. We get, you know, our, our intel we need and we roll out. Mm-hmm. And then you guys get information. We get good, you know, information within a network. Yeah. And that's what's successful I've had some really, you know, you, you look at, um, there, there's to love your enemy Mm -hmm. and I've had some of the best conversations with some of the enemy to understand one, there are so many that, that will not fight and have the faith fight and understand the faith where we were at that believe in what they do so Mm -hmm. much. They're willing to throw down and fight. I mean, mountain men and flip flops and man dresses with AKs and kit running through like, like freaking humans and animals exactly. I've never seen before. Yep. A fight I have never seen before. And that's the enemy. That's because of what they believe. Yeah. They are fighting for that, that faith inside. And after we had these guys rolled up, I'm talking to them. Some of them studying from the United States, some that had degrees and could speak and articulate. Mm-hmm. And I've had really unique conversations and to have that cultural experience, some of that interaction with different parts of the world and the country. It, and it's and it's weird that you say because like you I, like back in the day when I was young I saw them as like oh fuck them they're oh, yeah. just scum of the earth they're just w- walking bags of guts oh yeah that was but as you get mature and as you look at the battlefield and like how culture works and 
why do they fight? That's the question I want to ask every single one of those dudes. Like, yeah. why are you fighting? Why do we do anything we do? You know, have a reason why, yeah. not and, just, well, that's how we yeah. do it. And, or, Hey, I'm having this cultural debate yep. and I believe this thing or I, Hey, we're, Oh, you're having a cultural debate. Maybe you're having medical issues because you're up in Wisconsin and you're drinking too much milk and red meat, dairy yep. farmer, maybe change your nutrition. Exactly. And then you look at it, that, that F that mountain man, Afghani guy, he don't, he's not wearing boots. He's not wearing cry. He don't no. have a battle belt. He doesn't have a pistol with two, like, with a, with a full load in it. Like he has an AK with maybe a magazine, maybe a couple bags on him. Oh, yeah. And he is fighting for his life, fighting for his country, fighting for his faith. Oh yeah. You know, fighting for his family, That's fighting for his honor, oh, you know, yeah. the posture and Wally, you know, all yeah, that. And it, know, it's, so. it's, it's something unique. I wish more Americans opened their eyes to culture that they looked at what is creating this division, not unity. And exactly. this country needs leaders, man. Yep. It's like the veterans are sitting idle and we need to don them, put on, take off that veteran hat and resting on those laurels and actually go exactly. and do, earn your thank you for your service. Like stop wearing the, like stop using the, I'm a veteran, I'm a veteran. Put that away and use what you learned as a veteran. That is your billboard. Oh yeah. You know, it, it's, we can set the example. They unknowingly as a veteran have this platform to lead, to go ahead and do the right thing and set the example for others to follow, to be that leader, to show others what it's like to invest. And you mm -hmm. don't have to be the, the oldest guy, the wisest guy, the one with the most tenure, just try and help somebody yeah, invest yeah. into somebody and see what happens. It, that servant style leadership yeah. will come back. And if people just got involved, for the, for the people, not to better themselves, not I'm going to make a decision because it's going to make me money or yep. it's going to advance me, or I'm going to have this relationship because I'm going to get a bunch of stuff. I have an opportunity to help this human and I will feel good that I had the opportunity. Thank you for the mm -hmm. opportunity for me to help or for me to get involved and invest because as a veteran, not only what I've done, I look at I've done, I'm not going to say too much, but it'd be a shame if I didn't take a lot of my experience and help others. Exactly. If I wasn't a good steward of my gifts and talents and abilities, experience is like knowledge is a perishable skill. Wisdom is gained through time and struggle and challenge. Mm -hmm. Those lessons learned need to be passed. That's like, like working here at Fieldcraft. Like I never would have thought like I'd be sitting here doing a podcast with someone I just met and we're having a conversation it's almost an hour and five minutes right now. We've been talking and it feels like we just started talking. Yeah. It's like, and I look at that as like, I didn't plan this. Yeah, man. I just stepped in and did it. Like I didn't go to school to be on a microphone. I didn't, but what I did is I learned from, uh, I learned from Mike. I learned from Kevin. I, I absorbed my environment and, and that's what I do. You know? Well, I think it's, and it's unique with this year. I've really sat back and I've not tried to take action to go make money or to go have a good quality of life. I've really tried to be thankful for this difficult learning environment. I'm thankful for 2020. I'm thankful for COVID. I'm thankful for everybody losing their damn minds. So I'm in an environment of difficulty. I'm not getting shot at. Mm -hmm. Life's, I have everything I need. Oh yeah. Everything works. I go home every I night. I get an opportunity to learn this year in this environment mm -hmm. and everybody will be better for it. This year, taught everybody gratitude, which is a learned behavior. It taught them thankfulness, which is a learned fricking behavior. Mm -hmm. And through those actions and struggles, I've tried to stay idle and let me stay in this place of difficulty. What do I really need to survive? And how can I learn at this vantage point so I can best help the people? 
being a good steward of those gifts yep. for the people. You, you said it perfectly. You said, what do I need? Because I think this year, like you said, it, it it's taught people what they could live without. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying I over, I'm not an overindulgence, but I like collecting my stuff. You know, I have a, I have in my garage, I have like five or six tough boxes, man, full of like stuff I collected throughout my military career. Nostalgia. And it's like, yeah. And, but the thing is, I cannot, like, but then I've learned like in other aspects of my life is like, I don't need this stuff. I, get like, I don't need to carry it around. If it, I feel like I'm carrying around 20 years of, of memories that I can't let go. But it's like at the same time, it's like, I don't need to hang on to this stuff. Yeah. And see, I, um, I mean, everything I own can fit in a truck. Mm-hmm. I've moved five times this year. Yeah. Um, I've given away flags. I've given away patches, belts, gear, mm-hmm. boots, because what I know is flags I carried on deployment. Um, when I, I gifted that to, you know, a certain human, yep. that will mean more to them that they will hold on to forever. And that yep. may provide some sort of accountability for them to unfuck themselves. Like my mom at home, she has uh, one of my f- like old berets. Oh, yeah. And then she has a pair of my green army socks. Oh, right on. And I'm like, Mom, why do you want these old pair of green army socks? She's like, because you wore them, they're yours. And I was like, hey, I love that. We'll look at things like antique shops. Oh, yeah. I, go, I'm in love. I, I love going. I'll get a uh, cup of coffee. I like hanging out with me. Yep. And so I get some Secret coffee. Life. I'll go. It is, man. Yeah, you yeah. go in there, you find a spot, little honey hole. You're like, oh man, I gotta go get some coffee. Yeah. And you roll in there, I you see some that. old stuff. Yep. I found a vintage stopwatch from like the fifties or sixties, like gym teacher, high shorts, yeah. like socks. Yeah. So I'm out there like clocking laps, like this old stool, like yep. click, click. And it's, I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Be- and so it's one man's trash, another man's oh, treasure. Yeah. I, and I, it through the years and time you look back, I'm like, man, what I would give if oh, I yeah. take a picture. My last three years in the army, I was, uh, I got to be an instructor and I was at the operational design course and there was a guy, he was a, he was a retired Fulbright Colonel. His name was Paul Burton. And he was a huge military history memorabilia. My man was a walking encyclopedia. I mean, one of the smartest guys I know, I look up to him, Paul Burton, if you're listening, you're the man, but he got me into collecting World War II patches. Oh, that's cool. And the hunting those down is oh. like, it's so fun. And that's oh, why I, that's I love sweet. old stuff. I love old gear. I love old like camping equipment, military equipment, just because it's, everything was built so good back then. Oh, it was. I, um, I had a, a, um, from my grandfather, I had like a, uh, one of those like pan coffee cup pot, like kind of kits into one, yep, yep. like boy scouts were issued. Yes. And I saw this thing and I, I'd take it camping with me all the time. And I oh, went yeah. to an antique shop and I saw another one. I was like, Oh man, this is rad. Yeah. Dude. And I picked it up and it was in better shape than what I had. And next to it was a canteen. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I started collecting, uh, I have three now, uh, the old Coleman stoves like with the fuel. Oh yeah. I have, old, pump I have it, an so. old red, uh, metal Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I love those. Oh, uh, the, uh, what's it called? A cooler. I can't even oh, speak. Oh, yeah. The, the old metal cooler. Man, I'll put stuff in there, and three days later, it's still ice mm-hmm. is still there, and it's cold. I'm like, dude, screw a freaking, oh, yeah. you know, one of these expensive coolers. It, it has character. Throw some stickers on it, some swag. It goes everywhere <laughs> with me. It fits. It's square. It's hard. You can sit on it. It's not going to break. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you look at, like, now, nowadays, I mean, you can't find that stuff sometimes like, or if you do, you're, you're paying like a month's wages just to get like oh my something good. Yeah. Cause it's cool. Yeah. But like, like you said this year, like I'm, I look at my, I'm like, I don't need that. 
I don't need that. No, you don't. And I love, I love saying that to myself. Like I'm saying, I don't need that. Well, it's and funny. It moving. just, that kind of, that kind of popped in my head. One thing a lot of, I see in the military, we can, we can withstand a difficult operating environment. Mm-hmm. So look at how that is with what jobs they pick relationships they're in mm-hmm. things they're involved with that they feel like they have to cope. They have to maintain, they have to be there and present in that space to just compromise yeah to just kind of be in a place they don't want to be in be but they can withstand a difficult operating environment so they're in that relationship they're in that job they're at that location they're doing that thing rather than taking care of self and they almost don't know how to mm-hmm. um i i personally have been in crazy relationships where i have freaking scars on my neck I couldn't escape mm-hmm. and I wasn't strong enough to take care of me to escape. Right. And it was so toxic. I mean, I'm thankful for it. It taught yeah. me a lot about struggle and mental health, but good Lord, man, if I could not withstand such a difficult work environment, then I might've been able to roll out a lot sooner. Yeah. And I maybe would not have cared as much if I didn't have as much leadership experience and care as much for those I love. Mm-hmm. Like I care about all God's people trying to just be a good steward of my gifts oh, yeah. for God's people to earn my place. And that's the thing. I look at it like, like, I don't want to sound like this is coming off as like selfish, but if I can't take care of myself first, like I find, I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying I put me first, but the way I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is I have to put, I have to take care of me first because if I can't take care of me, I can't take care of you. I can't take care of uh, my, uh, you know, my wife, you have to be the best version of yourself. Exactly. If you give an 80% piss poor product or you're there, you know, kind of one foot in one foot out, yeah. you're not even given your, you're not even there. Oh yeah. You're an empty version shell. And, and it's, t- I mean, it, and that's tough to do. You know what I mean? That it, it takes work like with everything because you have a relationship with yourself Yeah. and you know, you, everyone says it, relationships are work and it, it is, it's sorry. It, it it's work. Well, I think that's also your outside environment. You know, the environment we're in daily, so mm-hmm. much that influences your happiness, your stress, to include the music you listen to, mm-hmm. the social media you follow, the movies, the people, the time, the vehicle, the job, the hobbies, the work, the rest, the, the all the things. Oh, yeah, everything. Let alone trying stuff you always want to do on the bucket list yeah. or something new, you know, not being afraid to go try something new and fail. It, it's good to learn that learn to lose like a champion. Don't always just stick to what you're good at. Mm-hmm. You're going to be very oblong. Then when you do lose or you don't get picked or you get dumped or you don't get promoted, then you don't know how to handle it. Oh, yeah. And and life needs to be, that's why I, I constantly go on with my athletes and my people. Life's a survival sport. Mm-hmm. If you quit, you die. Oh, yeah. And, 100%. And other than that, it's a limit you reached. It's a lesson learned. And that life journey process, you need to be very aware of that environment because stress can shorten your life. Mm -hmm. Stress can cripple you and change how your posture is aligned. So many of those environments, you're going to have to, if you get into them, you're going to need so much either rest, so much of, you know, this over here Mm -hmm. because you don't have that moderation. And so I think people having just that balance they can then be the best version of themselves. Yeah. And a lot of times what kills people is insecurities. Like, and I, and I hate to say like, and I'm not trying to be this like, Oh, I'm alpha male. And it's like that. But it's like, you have grown ass men, grown ass men that 
are so worried about what other people think of them to where they reach out to people and be like, Hey, um, is so-and-so like talking about me or what, what's the, you know, what's going on? I, oh, I feel yeah. like, you know, I'm like, I don't know, man. I, yeah. Who cares? I, I, I'm kind of like trying to focus on what I need to yeah. accomplish here. Like I, I apologize, but I can't help you. Yeah. And the thing is if, if those that follow you are against you, I mean, what greater honor than your enemy to focus on you? Yeah, exactly. If anything, it's like, maybe I can set an example, motivate mm-hmm. you. I love you, bro. Like, yeah. hey, no hate, all love. Yeah. And if they can learn, or if you're so focused on them that it, that it takes you off, or even your fans, don't do what you're doing for your fans, not for your followers, not for your haters, not for anything else, but your direction. So you're the best version of you. So you are doing you. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with you taking your time. And it's like, you, it, it's even like, and I, and I want to blame, that's like social media, man. I think social media has, has opened the door for all this stuff. Like all these actions, all these insecurities, all these people. Yeah. And, and I look at it as like, like you, let's just say I, I do this little like hobby thing. I love cooking. Right. Oh, that's awesome. And I do this little like off grid cooking show. Like it's fun. I just cook on a Timbo Tusk Auto Grill. I got the rig. We're, we're driving around. We're finding like cool spots to to go, like backcountry type stuff. And it, it's I am cooking food. Like there's no way that no one's like no one like the negative comments or like thumbs up. Which I don't I don't care because I don't read the comments. I don't you know. But it's like how it, it's it's like I get it. I'm not a chef. I don't need the comments of like. Of what this is an off-grid cooking. Yeah. You have this and that. I'm like, that's not the point of it, man. The point is yeah. just, it's just for fun. Well, I think too many people get drawn to drama. Yeah. They, they love get, drama. They love excuses. Mm-hmm. They love people. There's a big saying that you either have a story or you have a tab. You either have a story or you have that badge. Yep. You either oh, yeah. It no, exactly. Yep. And it's like, if you did it, awesome. You don't have to beat your chest and talk about it. And if you didn't do it, who cares, bro? Yeah, move on. Like, it's nothing to the focus world. Focus on go be happy. Yeah. Like, and that's again the there's so much division, it's it's so easy to create and mm-hmm. follow that drama. Look at just crap on TV. Oh, like, yeah. All these reality shows that are just stress, drama, stress, drama, all this crap. Like uh-huh. you are a product of your environment. You are who you hang out with. Mm-hmm. You are going to by default take away what you're consuming to include, like I said, music. TV shows, what you're following on social media. If people are having stress issues, you don't have to delete your Facebook or Instagram. You are in control of what you're following. Uh-huh. Go ahead and unfollow somebody. I don't, I don't care if somebody wants to unfollow me or follow me. Great. I, mm-hmm. I love you. It's all good. If you don't like what I'm doing, unfollow. I'm not offended. If you don't like my stuff and it brings you some like sadness or frustration, well then unfollow. We can or, catch up or, when I see yeah, it. Or just like shoot me a DM and like, ask me a question. Like I'm open. Yeah. I'll talk to anybody. I'm a, I love being a people person, man. I love mm-hmm. talking to people. I love hearing people's like where they're from, their background, their story. I, it, that's how you connect with people. Yeah. That's how, when you see them the next time you see them, you get it. One of those, the big bro hugs. I'm like, Hey man, how you doing? It was great. You know, great seeing you last time. Like, so what are you about to catch me up? You know? Well, and that's what I think, you know, you look back in the day, like when there was long distance calling, Oh yeah. But I mean, even back then, how cool was it just to go meet your buds and go do some stuff mm-hmm. and catch up, not vicariously figuring out what they're doing and yeah. then you're interacting because you're liking or commenting. Or, or you're seeing what they're doing online and you're kind of like, it's like when people 
like try to like, oh, how much money you make? And they were like trying to figure out and they're like spending other people's money. It's like you're spending other people's social currency by, you know, getting all this drama on social media and, and doing all this like petty bullshit on of people. It's just dumb. Yeah, it is, man. It, it's, uh, it's unique what people focus on and what they want to talk about and how they want to feel when it's like, man, invest in your faith. Yeah. Invest into something that matters. Yep. Exactly. It's just noise. So if you could go back in time right now, you are you right now, if you can go back to the, let's say, I mean, I want to, I don't even want to say 18 year old because it seemed like you had it kind of figured out maybe like 16 year old, uh, Russ, what would you kind of, what, what would be the most, what would be the advice you'd give yourself? I mean, honestly, uh, I wasn't the most studious of student. Um, I did well enough to, to play sports. That was the, the drive. Um, I would have been a little more organized. I would mm-hmm. have learned some study skills. Um, I mean, I'm I I'm fine now. I'm, I'm rather intelligent. Right. But back then, I I would have done better in school. I would have asked questions. I would have invested and really cared on my performance, not because it's something I had to do, but I would have started and looked at how can I create opportunities at a young age. Um, I worked hard. I bought my first vehicle, you know, when I was 15, actually, I worked on a horse farm, mm-hmm. um, baling hay, cleaning fence or painting fence, cleaning stalls, riding horses, um, grew up on a dirt road. And, uh, I, my dad's blue collar worked hard mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I would have put in the extra work when it came to sports and I would have put in the work of school. Um, the good lessons, you know, that carried with me to actually apply myself but, you know, looking back, that was something that I, I'm not going to be using long division math or, right. you know, unique skills. That's not the point. It's you're taking something new you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. How can you learn that? How can you take that new thing and apply it? Even if you don't use it, you are practicing a new item to learn. If that's a language, you may never speak it, but you're educating mm-hmm. and, and exercising your mind or your body. So go do something. So now when you're trying to learn something you really need to learn you've already practiced those study skills exactly yeah that's like when i was you know after high school i went to uh college up in uh, Ada, ohio ohio northern university and i was at the college of pharmacy there and i was just not ready i i was not oh, yeah. my i was intellectually not ready for it i was um having a plan having a idea how to study oh, way over my head so, I mean, I was drowning every day, you well, know? And I think it's funny. I, I talk to a lot of parents. Honestly, I've, I've put together a couple, you know, products on, I want to give some parenting classes and caveat. I don't have kids. What I have done is seen the end state product of what parents produce the last 15 years playing army guy Yeah. and the preparation, not providing it's, I do not believe a parent's job is to provide is to prepare. Mm-hmm. And so in preparing, you have to explain why school is important. You have to explain why these these teams you're on, these neighbors you have, these kids you're interacting with, what that's going to teach you in life, how any of these study skills, any of these social skills, interacting with teachers, yep. following a set of instructions to standard, how that's going to teach you and prepare you for life. Not because little Timmy got a bad report at school and this teacher's bugging you and you mm-hmm. don't think your kid you think your kid's perfect prepare if you are preparing your children you're preparing the youth to go be successful then you're providing 
And I think that starts, there's a lot of areas it needs to focus on, but I, I got to see that not only on the military side in uniform, but when I was in, I, I was in a sales position for a few years up in Nashville after I exited the military, the thought being, I'm going to take care of my customer like they're my soldier. Mm-hmm. Let me not just the product, service, and price. Yeah, we'll do the thing. How else can I bring value? Yeah, exactly. Started going to uh, meetings at the National Chamber of Commerce, and I started going to the area advisory boards at the National Chamber of Commerce, and I really started looking at low-income housing challenges, education system challenges, what people are doing, and to what capacity to bring value or give feedback, try and guide, mentor, to develop, and it's very interesting, kind of what I learned. Mm-hmm. A lot of good leaders doing some great things and a lot of people that could have a voice or understand what's going on. Did you see like the people that wanted to do it? Did you like it was a lot of like um, they took ownership of that problem? Well, it's unique because it's there. There's a lot of selfishness is what I've seen in, in business in government in a lot of different entities. It's it's service for self, not how can I provide for the people? How can I create unity? How can I provide leadership for solutions for the people? Not how is it also going to benefit my bottom line or my company or my relationships? And so what was really unique is how selfish of some of these solutions were across the board out of thousands of businesses and people I've interacted with. What, what was foreign almost to a servant style leadership philosophy to not just a team, but a community. Mm -hmm. There are streets that are dirty if you are a business owner next to that sidewalk, guess what? Go out there and sweep it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be That's upset. True. If you're wanting to give back, you know, it'd be really cool. Make some t-shirts, get some food and go ahead and start sweeping some streets or clean it up or investing into something saying, Hey, thank you for supporting my small business. Oh yeah. And so there's so many unique kind of, kind of getting off topic there, but what I saw just even with the education system and how if we want things to change, we got to change the well, way we do things. Well, at the same time, I mean, if you, if you look at what you're doing with Apex Performance Solutions, you can put that idea in every community, uh, like, you know, town hall. You can put that in the community center. You can put that in the, into the council meetings. You know what I'm saying? You could, you could create that change within, in, inside with, those, with everything that we, we talked about today. You know, I'd, I'd look at that. You can put this model into everything that, you know, when there's an issue or you need like support of everybody. And I think if everyone does it, obviously it would well, work. That, yeah. And that's, that's the intent. Honestly, it's, this is my life path and direction. And honestly, what I feel like I'm here to do it, it's to help the people It's to be a, a good steward of my experience, my gifts, my talents to lead and help God's people. The most precious creation we have is the people, this desk we're at right here. That's going to outlive me. And maybe my kids, this is a really sweet desk. Thank you. But it, it's our job to take care of the people, I believe, yeah. the leaders to lead the blind and not judge. It's okay. It's okay if they don't know better. Mm-hmm. We do know better. So where can someone find this information, sign up, get involved? Like where are they going to find this at? Yeah, um, right now I'm in development of, you know, the company is still pretty green in some areas. And uh, a lot of this space, it's it's just needs I see that work needs to be done in mm-hmm. a lot of areas. And so I have a couple whiteboards, um, you know, where I'm living at, at the property and there's just lists and lists of items. I have uh, guys across the country, um, Tyler down at Silver Creek Range and Mobile is killing it with the defense space. 
And uh, I have Warren up in Birmingham really handling some things in the website and business space. He's up in Birmingham. Zach up in Nashville's really helping out and killing it. Hunter in Auburn, he's really starting to get involved. He's getting his doctorate in physical therapy, former Auburn football player. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that are involved, we're, we're trying to do it right. Slow patient growth, the right pillars in the right places, not just growth for overhead that now you have mm-hmm. to support and sustain or this, this machine you build that now you have to just continue to run it, but looking at what opportunities present itself. And so we're developing a few, you know, products they can go to Instagram or Facebook, look up, uh, apex performance solutions. You can go to my personal, uh, rust.bollinger at Instagram. Um, or you guys can email me rust.bollinger at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. You guys can Google me. You guys can find me. Uh, I'm not too hard to find. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So if you need to get a hold of Russ, he just gave you the information. Reach out to him. Give him some questions, and uh, I'm pretty sure he'll get right back to you with that with with the solution. So, uh, Russ, thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, it's happy uh, to be here. Thanks, it was great, guys. man. I, I had a good time. It was really like a really relaxed uh, conversation. So, um, but yeah, just uh, that's it for us, man. Like Russ Bollinger. Apex Performance Solutions. Check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and give him a little, uh, email at Russ. What was the email again? Let's let's give him that again. R U S S dot B O H L I N G E R at gmail.com. All right, sir. There we go. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Gratitude.